Welcome to Rainer's Radio, practical training for joint heirs with Christ, with your host, Diane Thomas. Good evening, and welcome to Rainer's Radio. This is Diane Thomas, your host. Again, let's just take a moment and focus by simply letting everything else go. Whatever else is on your mind, just just let it drop, and let's just make ourselves available to God. He's already there. He's always there. So our mind gets so busy, our emotions, our, our activities, our hands get so busy doing other things. So we just let those things go. And we recognize that God is in control of every aspect of our lives and that we are on his side. We see our lives from his side in our spirit. That our relationship with God is never the problem. Our our problem, our our challenge, where our change is happening is between our soul and our spirit. Not our soul and God, not our spirit and God, but between our soul and spirit. Part of our challenge is to learn, you know, we we so often talk about reigning with God. Well, we start with reigning over our soul and even our body. And most of us don't even have a handle on what our soul is. So often we get the two mixed up, the the spiritual and the supernatural. We, we use the same terms when our soul is so different than our spirit and that we need to start there. Just as different as our soul is from our body, if we try to apply the same authority and laws in the natural realm onto the supernatural realm and the spiritual realm, This is one of the reasons we end up with some kind of untoward doctrines. So, and we we never say that, okay, this is the truth. This is the reality. I don't know whether we're ready for the reality yet, but this is what God has revealed to me about how the spirit, soul, and body relate to one another in the natural realm, in the solical realm, and in the spiritual realm, and it makes sense to me, but I'm not saying that it's complete or perfect or absolute. I don't think we're ready for complete and perfect and absolute. We're not ready to experience God as he is and as we're experiencing him in the spirit. But I think that's where we're heading. I think that's what God does desire for us, that we would be perfect and complete in and holy in ourselves, not because we have reached some certain level of anointing or perfection in our our soul or understanding, but because 
our soul, and even our body have been restored to a relationship, the, the intended relationship with our spirit. In, in essence, it's really simple. In reality, our, in our experience, it's, it's confusing and complex, and sometimes we think we've got it, and it kind of just sifts through our hands like sand. Well, that's part of the process. Because we can't use our mind, which is part of our soul, to understand the ways of the spirit. Which is why God reveals to our soul and then gives us experience so we can experience and know his ways by experience. It's not something we figure out. It's what God reveals. We've used the example of trying to explain ice cream to someone who's never had ice cream, you know, butter pecan ice cream or chocolate. How do you explain that to someone? Or rain who's never, or snow. Somebody who's never seen snow, experienced it. They may have seen it on, you know, TV or in a movie, but if you've never experienced snow, you're only going to have a very partial concept of what it is. How, much, how dangerous it can be and how fun it can be. So God is orchestrating our circumstances and he is working on the things in you that are important to him. And it's important, one of the first lessons we want to learn is to not dictate to him that this is a problem, this is what you need to be dealing with. Now, I will say, if there are those things, for most of us that we keep going round and round and round, we think we have something handled or conquered or it's not a problem anymore and it rears back up, it's because he wants to talk to us more about that thing, about there's something else going on. There's a wound that needs to be healed, a lie where he wants to speak truth. There's something else, a memory that needs to be healed or addressed. And he wants to deal with that. So we want to be sensitive about, you know, for instance, if there's areas where you have, you know, surprising anger or a surprising reaction. You know, so often we say, well, that's not like me. It's like, well, yeah, it is. There's something in there that is causing you to act or react or feel a particular way. Now, who you are is a spirit. But in your soul, how you act, and we want to embrace that. We want to be glad that God is showing us these red flags because our goal is the same as his. We want to be complete and entire in him, spirit, soul, and body. So we've been talking about learning how our soul works and what our soul, how our soul functions and what some of the elements of the solical realm. And to tr again, we're learning. We're all learning how this weird thing called our soul works. And, and we can't uh, understand how our soul works without understanding that it is 
in its own I call them realms, but if you want a world, it's you know your soul lives in its own world, and it's a world that's created for itself. And we believe things that accommodate our own beliefs. Uh, we we believe doctrines that accommodate our temperament, our emotions, our history. And you know we can look at you know one family that has you know five kids let's say and each you know and they and they're raised you know in a particular let's say doctrine a you know they attend church a and over time what happens is as they leave the home and they start exploring other churches other beliefs other doctrines one may end up in church A or, or belief system A, but others may reject any belief system. Another may, uh, you know, embrace uh, doctrine X, and the other two may, might, may, might make up their own doctrines altogether. We just don't know. And the other might just go from one to another to another to another. That's because often so much because of the different temperaments, the different wounds, the different needs of each of us, of each of those children as an individual. doesn't mean that the parents were failures in indoctrinating their kids. But each person's soul, your soul, has specific needs and has specific goals that it is set out to try to meet those needs. But because those were God-given needs, God is the only one who can truly meet them. And he meets them through a drawing to spirit. So we're still trying to work out how does our soul, your soul, your mind, your will and your emotions, how do they relate to one another? How do they relate to the spirit, to our circumstances, our environment? You know, if we were left on our own, we would desire no conflict. We would, we would want everything, for, and again, not everybody, but most of us would, would like it to, there would never be any conflict. There would never be any negativity, no uh, stress, you know, there'd be nothing but certainty. And we've talked about, you know, the three areas of, of where God puts his finger on to bring to get our attention, our, our health, our finances, and relationships. Well, why does that work? Why does that work? Again, when God wants to get our attention, he puts our, his finger on our relationships, our health, our finances so if we keep struggling in one area now that doesn't mean that okay if you're having a relationship issue that you know you're you're avoiding god and this is the only way he can get your attention but if it's there's a consistent thing and when you talk to him there's something that you seem to be avoiding that's very often it's because this is god's putting his finger on these areas or maybe even just one area to get your attention 
if it, especially if it happens over and over again. Like if you've got a, a family of young kids and the kids are always getting sick, that might be, you know, just normal, but it might be God saying, look, you're, you know, you're reaching the end of your rope, so you'll let go and I can talk to you about some other things that are going on. Very often it has nothing to do with the issue. You know, very often he'll put his finger on our finances, but what he wants to talk to us about and what we're avoiding him about has nothing to do with finances. It's just that those are the areas that we're very sensitive about. Why? Because those are the areas God, uh, our soul, is trying to control. Those are the areas that God has given us needs. The finances give us security. Our health, again, also gives us security and strength in being able to control our environment. And our, you know, finances, same and uh, relationships, they're all about meeting our needs. And the problem is, is that when we do that without God, without recognizing that each one of those areas are simply circumstances that God has put in your life to reveal what he wants to reveal, to to tear down what needs to be torn down, to heal and build up that which needs to be healed and built up, to reveal truth, to do whatever needs to be done in order for your soul to be restored to your spirit. But our soul wants both control and control of how God works in our lives and freedom, freedom from God, freedom from authority, freedom from responsibility. You know, again, we, we if it was up to us, you know, let's if you had a, a, a magic wand and you could change anything about your life, you would. You would change things about, for most of us, we would change things about our lives. Because those are how our needs are being expressed. But your soul... Your soul's desire. You know, people always say, well, what's my purpose? Well, I can tell you what your purpose is. Your purpose is to be reunited with God. Oneness with God. That's your purpose. That's not, that everybody has the same purpose. That you would become one, spirit, soul, and body. In him. Again, if your spirit is already in him, your soul is united to your spirit, your soul is in him, and then your body follows along. Now, if, as far as I'm concerned, God is really paying far more attention to what goes on in the soul. There might be new things about the body that it's maybe far more important to God than I personally give it to, but we'll find out about that at some point in time, perhaps as we get closer and closer to our soul being fully united with spirit. But for right now, I think, at least for myself, the emphasis is on the restoration of the soul, the restore, restoration of the mind, of our will and our emotions, and every other aspect. I'm not saying, you know, that this is the, the, the be-all be and end-all of what the, the soul is, but this is our, a great way of, 
having a discussion about it. We, we, we think in terms of words, and we communicate with one another with words, and these are just handy-dandy basic words to describe something we have very little understanding of. Except we do know that our soul wants to return to its original intended relationship with God through uniting with our spirit. Your soul is, we talk, you know, again, it's, your soul has needs. Your soul is always hungry, is always lonely, is always desiring something. And God made it that way. It's a, but its original state, we go back to, again, Adam and Eve. Adam's soul, Eve's soul, was completely satisfied. Because it was perfectly joined to his spirit, to her spirit. Eve's soul and spirit were one, and her body was one with her soul and her spirit. And they, in turn, were one with God. And they were one with Adam, because Adam was also one with God. So there was this constant experiencing of Adam and Eve with one another and with God. And they didn't know each other except by the Spirit, by their Spirit. They didn't know each other soul to soul or body to body. And they didn't even know they were naked, even though they were. But they were wearing their spirits on the outside. And their spirit filled, I believe, every cell in their body was engulfed in spirit. Every aspect of their soul, every aspect of their mind, every aspect of their emotions, every aspect of their will were completely engulfed in spirit. But that engulfment, having those needs met, kept them, kept Adam and Eve, kept God's desires for Adam and Eve. They could, they did, could not achieve anything more. There were things that God could only do in them by letting them experience need. And this is why we're here. Lucky us, we get to experience need. But the more we understand and embrace how valuable that process is, the less we will fight against God's intent of restoration and union. God made your soul with certain characteristics, and one of them is to control. God gave that your soul, that, that aspect of, of strong control, strong needing to understand, needing to plan, needing to protect itself. Those are all God-given needs that your soul has, that God put into your soul. There's nothing wrong with wanting to be able to plan, to protect yourself. There's... A, to understand, there's nothing wrong with that. 
In fact, God values that. He put that there for a purpose. Our problem is, is when we don't turn to him, when we try to answer our own questions. Instead of, instead of seeking God, waiting on God our, and our own spirit, instead of turning to our spirit and saying, okay, what's up with this situation? Why am I so angry about this person? You know, any situation, why am I so fearful about, you know, let's take the real world. Why am I so fearful about what's going on in the world? And we could say, well, you know, there's good reason to be fearful. There's some crazy stuff going on in the world. But we are not of the world. We're in it. And we may experience some of the consequences of other people's decisions. But we remember that this is the time and the place that God put us here on this earth to get to whatever it is needs to change in our soul so our soul can be reunited with our spirit. So when we understand the simplicity of what God wants to do, well, then why does it take so long? Because our, it's not just our soul and spirit and God involved in this process. Our soul has entanglements. Our soul has, has joined some clubs, has taken up other activities that are demanding its time and attention. So our soul, even though our soul wants both control and freedom, it also desires to return to its union with our spirit. But day to day, how do we manage the push and pull of our soul in these everyday situations, as well as in times of chaos and crisis? Again, your soul on its own wants to return to union with your spirit. It's not on its own. Your soul is, uh, we talked about the solical realm. What else is in the solical realm? Well, the solical realm has every creature that has a soul in it. And maybe within that solical realm there's human souls and animal souls, I don't know, ghost souls, alien souls, I don't know, angel souls, whatever. I don't know. But that we do... From my understanding, this, any creature, creatures that have souls also dwell in the supernatural realm. And there are laws in effect in the supernatural realm. And there are other critters and creatures and levels of authority and power in the supernatural realm. And I think this is one of the main reasons we are here is to learn how the supernatural realm works. So there are three areas of entanglements, and we'll, we're going to talk about this over time, but I'm just going to go through what those entanglements are so we have an idea about where we're going. So you're going to, they're going to be familiar to you, but we're going to look at them from a little different perspective. The first entanglement is the world system. We've talked about these in terms of our enemies. But the reason they're our enemies is because they entangle, they distract 
they uh, warp our soul. The world system warps our soul, interferes. Our, the world system interferes with our soul's desire to return to its relationship with spirit. So what is the world system? And well, again, we'll go, into, we'll go into this in greater detail. Peer pressure. What do people think? You know, what, what's going on in your community? Time. Time is a huge pressure point. Relationships, finances, health. And if we don't understand the world system and its entanglements with our soul, we'll, this will result in fighting battles that have already been won in the spirit. When we are struggling with peer pressure, for instance, what God wants us to be learning is how to overcome that. That's already been overcome. We have the weapons. We have the know-how. But that information is in our spirit. And we need to access it in our spirit and work it out into our soul. The only way we do that is by staying engaged with the battle and learning, not running from it, not hiding from it, not to not focusing on it more than God wants us to, but understanding that we are we are in this world but not of it. We are in this so we can learn to not be of it. So we can learn how to exert power and authority over it, learn to rule and reign over this world system. I'm not even talking about the earth. I'm talking about the world system. Our second entanglement is the devil. There are other creatures, and even we can even include angels. Sometimes angels and what, what we want them to do, they're, they're our misconception of both devils and angels and any other creatures that are out there. Those can be uh, distractions. But they are also strongholds and soulical pressure and lies and deception and accusing. And not understanding that relationship to our soul can result in guilt and shame and denial of truth. And then there's our own soul's strength. Your soul has a certain innate strength that God gave it. And it wants control of how it gets its needs met. Some of those are setting goals, trying harder, pleasing God, pleasing others, pleasing ourselves, and striving to get those God-given needs met without God on its own, and resistance to what God is doing. So we can look at these entanglements, these enemies, that what they are doing in our lives is distracting us from that rest. Now that rest is not inactivity. Again, it's a push and a pull. We're here on this earth to be pushed and pulled. You know, that example of the potter, you know, why does God use that? It's because there's two hands. There's the push and the pull. And, you know, most of the time we don't know what he's doing. 
but it takes both the right hand and the left hand of God to do what he's doing in our lives, the push and the pull. When, again, when it's up, if it's left up to us, we want everything nice and easy and predictable and understandable. And God has that available to us in our spirit. Your spirit is experiencing that calm, that peace, that rest right now. But your soul isn't. And that's intentional by God. So we'll go through real quick. How do do we deal with this? We start with reminding ourselves that God is sovereign. That every circumstance in our life is exactly what God intended. Also that God loves us. God loves you unconditionally. There's nothing else you need to do to, to earn his love or to get him to love you. And that you have already overcome the world system and the devil and his buddies. You just don't know how to use those muscles, those weapons. The weapons of our warfare are not carnal. They're not of this world. They're not even of our understanding, but they're mighty. They're solical weapons. They're in your mind, your will, and your emotions. They are a part of your soul. You already have the weapons, but you don't know how to use them, which is one of the reasons God left you here. So the more we learn how the solical realm works, this is to prepare us to learn how the spirit realm works. Okay, so before God can reveal what our true reality is as a spirit being, we live in the spiritual realm. Before we can perceive that, we need to understand how the soul realm works. How our soulical senses work. Because that's going to bring our soul back into union with our spirit. So the more your soul reunites with your spirit, the more you will be drawn to live in the spirit. And the more you will reign over the soulical realm through your soul. Because your soul is not just riding along its merry way and the soul and the spirit's going to do all the heavy lifting. No, your soul, God gave you your soul to basically to learn how to use as a gift. It's not who you are but it's God's gift to you. He's not going to hold it against you wherever you're at. You're free to make mistakes. This is trial and error. We learn so much more from making mistakes than we do by doing things right, especially when they're accident, accidentally done right. So wherever we're at, this is our pathway. You have a pathway. And you lift up your foot and you put it down. And as you put your foot down, God guides where that foot lands. And we are still at peace and rest and joy despite everything else going on around us. Regardless of our feelings, regardless of our entanglements, we know we are a spirit being and we are one in God. God is sovereign and he loves us unconditionally. So see what God brings up this week. What bring, what, he might give you dreams. He might give you memories. Ask him if there's areas where he wants to speak to you about lies that you're believing or wounds that need to be healed. 
Feel free to drop me a line at diane at therainersclub.org or through Blog Talk Radio. We'll be getting back together again the same time next week. Until then, thanks for tuning in. This has been Diane Thomas of Rainers Radio. Have a great night. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.